What's the big idea? We are rolling. <laughs> Ready or not. The title doesn't matter. The title doesn't matter. It's all about the content. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, the Welcome to episode 59, 59 mm. of... Uh, Volleyballogy Uncensored. We thank you for joining us. Of course, if you are listening, it's always helpful if you can subscribe. Give us some, uh, if you enjoy our conversations, that's a, one way you can let us know. Because we see, we notice that the listening or the views on like social media or different different outlets don't add up to our subscribers. So mm. if you can like subscribe, that would be great. <laughs> 100% would be great. Yeah. I'm sad. We're leaving, we're leaving the fitties. You're not going to say we're, that anymore. Yeah, we're slow. Until yeah. another... 150. Wow. Yeah. And we're, um, we're very happy. We were like coming up on a thousand subscribers. Should we have something special if we hit a thousand subscribers? I think so. What should we do? Like give out cake through the internet? Ooh, cake. Internet cake. Yeah. Like in those cards with the cake. Or like cyber cake. Like just. Yeah. You can goggle. Goggle. Google. 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 Isn't it Google? Cake through Google. Oculus. Anyway, we're coming up on a thousand subscribers. So if you, you know what? Why don't we do this? How about this? Whoever is our thousandth subscriber gets a million dollars. Can you imagine? No one does it. Everybody's trying to time it. 9.99. Yeah. Like radio the, station. The beauty of that is that we can just lie to. Them. No, you were actually uh, oh, thousand and one. <laughs> yeah. No, you were actually nine ninety nine. Somebody like right at the same time. And we <laughs> we gave them the million dollars. It was actually Eric yeah, who was sure. our Eric yeah, was actually yeah, yeah. our thousand subscriber. It was really weird. I don't think I've subscribed <laughs> yet. Actually, I should, probably should. Yeah, that would be nice. Too. Yeah, I don't know if I'm subscribed. I'm sure I am. <laughs> Right. Anyway, I'm pretty sure I've created about 800 accounts. <laughs> <That's> just, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, this topic today is one that came up online quite a bit this week. Like that's what we like to do. We like to pluck from the headlines of volleyball. Mm-hmm. And uh, this one we came up with the title of "Coaching versus Yelling" because mm-hmm. I think sometimes coaches we can fall into. I know as a young coach, I did. Uh, you fall into the trap of yelling things uh, courtside during games, maybe even in practice, because um, you're frustrated. Uh, but you have to ask yourself, are you really being a good coach when you're yelling? Or are you uh, replicating maybe the coaching that you experienced growing up? Um, and are you really helping the player perform better, I guess, you know, versus yelling? Because there's a time and place to be loud as a coach, for sure, for certain personality types. Yeah. But is it uh, is it a detriment to the players, or can it be? And what's the difference between the two? A lot of people don't, like I said, they don't uh, they, they 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 just replicate how they were coached, and they think that that's what coaching is. So. Do you think uh, there's more yelling the younger the athlete, and then the older the athlete gets, the less loud, generally speaking, the coaches are? The ones who prefer to be loud. Yeah, I think that you know, because obviously at professional level. But see, I think that I think the the reason why there's less yelling at the professional level is because there's more people who understand exactly uh, about so winning winning mentalities. Yes, yeah. 
I don't think though in club, for instance, in the club world or even in, in the college or university world, that I still think there's, um, especially I think the college world, like you know, community college and stuff like that. I think there's more yelling there. Yeah. Because the yeah. level of success is like you know the, the harder the level it is to get to the coaching mm. success, I think the better the coaching gets, and it's kind of across the board. Like you sort of said, like the higher level coach, they almost never yell in an uh, abrasive sort of correcting way. Their yelling might be cheerleading, not punishment based. Yeah. You know, and I think those athletes that are at that higher level are much more thankful to be there and want to be there and are really working hard to be there. So the intensity is there. And I think the yelling, the loud voice part of it in younger, uh, volleyball ages is to try and drive up intensity. I think on the court. Yes. Sometimes. I mean, I think it's such a weird, that's, that's what you hope it's for. That's what I hope it's for. Yeah. 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 That's sorry. That's the one I'm thinking of that is excusable in a way. And I'm not, I'm not talking like, right. Yeah. Like just loud voice, like really like, come on, let's go. Like, I, I can see how that is. Many coaches would utilize Sorry, that. Sorry, can, can you do that again? The pump up? What was that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Come Just, on, let's go. <laughs> I can't see it. You don't want to scream it in the microphone, yeah. Yeah, I really don't want to. That wouldn't, let's uh, go. <laughs> I would not say Isn't it like funny that. how that's how you fake yell? Like, in a microphone you just come on let's go like, it's weird it's like we're raising the octave yeah uh, yeah but we don't. Just sorry just i threw you off there uh, uh yeah you were like that's the pump up yeah that exactly i'm just again i'm starting all from the point of trying to understand why they would do it or where where it is like where it does make sense and kind of going from there and i think like at younger age groups well I, I, even then like I, it's not crucial to be doing it because i think a lot of the time myself coaching now it's just a lot of like encouragement like it's not like i'll be loud but in like a really kind of like happy yeah because you're in way. a gymnasium and there's noise so you're gonna yeah, be loud, yeah, like yeah yelling across the gym to instructions in a positive way and like what you say matters and like your tone and like the expression on your face and all this stuff mm-hmm, right like mm-hmm. if i'm like i don't know i can't even do like an angry face but like <laughs> Do one. <laughs> do one for know. the, for the people listening. On, <laughs> in case you are listening, people might not know that we are. You can watch these episodes on YouTube. You don't have to just listen to us. You can actually get the full experience. <laughs> it's like 4D. It's 4D. Yeah, if you can get the headset and you can sit right here. Yeah, you can sit with us. Yeah, and you can get us. Actually, Imagine. we have a hologram, volleyballology hologramology, hologram. <laughs> uh yes so, so the encouragement yelling is uh different well i think i'm breaking the chunk off out of yelling which is just loud yes right yeah and then you cross from that back into yelling and then in yelling we're getting to a whole bunch of bad things like what why are you yelling at kids like <laughs> what are you trying to do here and yeah so one thing was correcting yeah that's most of where this comes up but i'm sure there's coaches who just yell just in general as to like yeah like I mean, saying like let's go <laughs> I just did it again, yeah but like <laughs> no. in a wrong tone and like yeah well i mean i think that's okay if you're yelling let's go or like you know come on or celebrating with your team i think people like that that's a cool mm-hmm. thing it's a positive yell but when you're yelling as you're correcting i think that you're crossing into losing the message of what you're saying and you're moving into intimidation and yeah. then the player, it's a fact, like when, when brains get intimidated, 
they actually shut down. Like this is psychological stuff. Like you, if someone's screaming at you instructions, you're so distracted by the screaming that you're actually not, might not even be taking in the instruction. So we know that calm, sure. calm is, equals communication. And I always say to, and like, you know, even my younger self, like there were times I remember, I remember like one time where I was like, it was actually your team. You probably don't remember, but I remember we were at a tournament once, a club tournament. Eric has a horrible memory. Yeah. Or he just blocked out the whole experience. Me, <laughs> yeah, because you're yelling. Me coaching him. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and I remember one time, like we just weren't, our team was not passing. I was like, I must've been 24, 23. So right at, still playing a lot. So I was like in that mode of my ego was wrapped up in how the team did. That is so long ago. Yeah, that was a long time ago. That was literally half, half my life, life ago. <laughs> <laughs> I've lived a whole other 24-year-old life since then. Wow. Um, what, was better, what was the better half? Definitely the first 24. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, the past 24 have been like gold. Um, uh, hard gold. But anyway, um, so I uh, I remember More like, like a bronze gold, RT. I think. Like a dark bronze gold. Stop yeah. it. Stop it. Sorry. Okay. If you're interrupting, stop it. Uh, so I... I remember our team was just getting aced like nonstop and nobody was moving their feet. So I, I just sort of, yeah, this, I remember the situations like this. I just sort of like, like, come on, let's like, what are you guys doing? And I and but I almost like, I screamed like an anger on the sideline because my, you know, my, uh, the team's failure was wrapped. Like I, my ego was, yeah. you know, I wanted people to know that, you know, I'm not this bad and my team isn't, the, you know, again, it was insecurity rather than, you know, Hey guys, time out quiet discussion like hey guys do you want to be here are you into this are you into this we traveled a long way like um it's funny because I, I, I would have resonated more than i mean i, I guess one advantage was i wasn't a screamer coach so there was there was those times where because i did that um it did stand out to people to like you. to the player the players would be like oh man he's never like this yeah because so, yeah. i don't think i was a i was never a screamer coach but i was more of a sit down do it all in practice right thing. Don't you think then that message was delivered very, it did its job? It can be timely. You know, yeah, if you're if not someone who does that. Right. Because I, I don't think, I don't think I like complain to my, like I wouldn't have faulted you for that at whatever age I was. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't think many of the parents would have at that age either. I don't know. Right. Some parents, they get bothered, like they get more frustrated seeing their kids not performing. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's not, not even about winning. It's about we traveled, we got a hotel Yeah, that's... and you're not even, you know, into this yet. Or maybe you were out goofing around last night, right? Um, My mom used to give me that, like, like same when I was playing volleyball or hockey, like at post game, she's like, what are you doing? You're just like coasting. Like, what are you doing? Right, and, right. And yeah, for sure, as the parent, it kind of makes sense because you're putting in so much of your time, time like sacrificing yeah. and like, so you here to, do you want to be here? So yeah. I kind of yeah, get that. I think that. that's what that's what I was feeling at the time. I do remember that. It's funny that that moment stands out to me quite a bit all the time. Is the one you're time you're 24, you want to be out at the clubs dancing and you weren't <laughs> last night so or playing. This. That was the big thing for or me. Playing, I was yeah. like probably missing a tournament of my own to be there. Right. So I was like, you know, um, I didn't, I don't put up all these hours just so you guys can like not perform yeah. or not get. And it's about effort, right? So, but I do remember it as a time where I felt a little bit like embarrassed about the. The level of anger on the court, <laughs> and I think again it, it goes back to that ego thing. But the there's also of the players or you, me, me, yeah, yeah. my anger because like uh, there's there's also the the time and effort you're putting in. I think, and you know, you're away from your at that time, you know, girlfriend and you know, friends or your own time, and you're putting in something yeah. here. So there's a bit of that. Um, you were 24. Holy moly! Yeah, must have been. Yeah, 
Yeah. So, um, but still, I, I do wonder about can you deliver a message? I guess it depends. We've talked about this before too. Like if the if the message is energy, like if the team is lacking energy, sometimes there's a time to be a little loud and pump mm-hmm. up, I think, and like, hey, what's going on? Or anger even. But if the message is technical, then I don't I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. Same. Like, like I don't know why. I can't even I imagine a scenario where I would yell technical advice. Yeah, yeah. You can't. Well, but that's where, sorry, but that's what coaches do. That, that's where people run into problems where they're like, that's your ball or move your feet. Like you're not, you know, or, or they're just like, get it or, you know, pass up. Like they're not Yo, giving the, the technical the move your feet one. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, yeah, I know it's obvious or like pass up. Well, yeah. What? <laughs> I always think it's funny if like, I may, you may as well just stand there and yell play better. Yeah. That's what I do as a joke, right? With players. I'm like, come on guys, play better. <laughs> it's the same as like pass up. Yeah. Well, we know, we know. Come on, guys, get it to two and a half. <laughs> yeah, we know, we know. Um, but I think, like, I think the problem uh, is where we get into the chronic yeller. There are coaches who, you know, it's. I guess to me, when I see, I remember talking with Dustin Reed um, about his team and how um, he's so composed on the sideline. And Dustin Reed is a, a big time coach, former national team player in Canada, and uh, head coach of the formerly known Ryerson Rams, now TMU. And he said to me, like, he he referenced a coach that we both knew. And he said, like, that's just what I learned from her is that, you know, all your work is done in practice. All your teaching is done in practice. And the games are diagnostic. Mm. And so you're just sitting there. And you're just making notes, being calm. Maybe, a you know, time out to discuss some reminders. But I love the idea when he said that your coaching is done come game time. And if you're not... And I always thought this too, like when you see a coach on the sidelines screaming instructions, to me, I just think lack of prep. Yeah. I just think that that coach probably runs their drills very controlled in practice and they don't leave a lot of room for the unpredictability of real volleyball. Maybe they're not scrimmaging enough. Maybe they're not letting the players do enough of the unpredictable stuff. Yeah. So that these issues aren't popping up in practice. Because game time is diagnostic, right? Game time is like... Let's see what we have here. Let's see how our strategy is doing. Yeah. yeah. And, w- and when a coach is teaching during the game or screaming, whatever, yeah. it ends up being screaming because there's a loud gym and you're yelling at the players. You're uh, you're kind of frantic and, and unprepared to me is what it looks like. It kind of pulls the athlete out of the game a little bit too because it disrupts any type of flow state that you're hoping that they can fall into. Yeah. Right? Because it's like game coach game and then you're just like bouncing back and forth i recall like experiences like that um but two things i want to say like the the one time when you did like you weren't a yelling type person i can see that there is there's a sacrifice to be behavior like that yeah it may have worked like for sure the the players got your attention there's probably another way to do it just as you said Mm -hmm. the timeout and Mm -hmm. hey like what are we doing here but um for someone who wasn't a yelling type of coach same message was delivered however like it came at a sacrifice to you you didn't feel good afterwards doing yes, it right yes but so uh, it still worked it, it probably wasn't the best way but i can i can see that like it it worked right and then the other thing um it's in the case of like dustin reed it, the great thing of that is that the players are now it's on them they have to teach themselves um to bring intensity mm-hmm. so and I, I really like that uh, because it's they're 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 not going to be. And I remember that the older I got, my games were I, I finally broke away from looking at the coach, right? And then 
<laughs> yeah, like in the later years, I definitely wasn't looking at the coach because like I, I had no reason to, right? So like it was like all just. Are you us. saying your coach was unattractive <laughs> physically? No, I know you felt like the coach wasn't delivering. Yeah, uh, the, it literally knowledge. it doesn't matter. Like it, yeah. it, 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 this is true. What you're saying, it's done. The prep is done in practice. And when mm. you're in the game, you're in the game. You have two timeouts. You have some substitutes. Other than that. The ref is going to keep telling the other team or to you to serve the ball, and you just got to figure it out. Yep. Um, and then that you can allow you can allow yourself to like start to pick up on things in the game that the other team is doing, or that that's happening within your own teammates. Maybe you have to like try and help them out of it because if you keep getting disrupted by that, you're not going to pick up on all those little things. And then learn how to like bring up the intensity for. I think we talked about this on like uh, another show. Each player kind of has their own way of getting energy into them or like letting their energy out right so kind of trying to see that's like some i played with a few guys who were like super quiet they would get a kill and like make like no whatever and like that's just the way they were right so you want to find a way to like bring energy up but you don't want to go too high Mm -hmm. right and then you don't want to go like too low as well well and you don't want to project your preferred energy level that's that's the mistake i think a lot of coaches might fall into is they they like a lot of non-playing coaches i find people haven't played they don't understand the value of a quiet player or stoic player yeah it's like you know small s stoic like they um they they just like i've literally heard of coaches like not picking players because they're too quiet and i'm like are they effective though like yeah you know because that same player who's not getting rah rah probably won't get flustered after a number of mistakes either there's that you know that connection between like i don't get too high i don't get too low so i I don't like that one thing like just picking up on what you were talking about i think that Hmm. one cool thing if you think about it as a metaphor is like parenting almost like when you're a coach right so like, you know, practice is like when the kid is at home with you and you're teaching them about life and things like that. And then the game is kind of like when they go off to a party or somewhere else in life and they kind of have to use the lessons that you taught them at home in the real world. You're not at the party screaming at them, put that down, put down the punch. It's got alcohol in it. Like you're, you're actually, you got to <laughs> let the kid, you know, um, yeah, yeah. live based on what you taught them at home. And, and if you think about it, if you're talking about athletes as life, you know, uh, sport as a metaphor for life, it's kind of cool because that's where they get, the games are where they get to apply what you've taught them. And then you get to diagnose sort of quietly on the sideline, make some notes, discussions during timeouts, encouragement, sure. But you get to discuss and assess how well your home practices are working. You know what I'm saying? I do. I see. Cause this is exactly the, the awkwardness that the, these coaches don't like. It's, you know, it's one thing to do practice and scrims or whatever and practice and it goes decently well, but always, especially the younger they are, you go into a game and that all falls apart and it is really awkward. And like, they're just trying to feel it out. And I think it's that uncomfortableness the yes. coach takes on and they can't bear personally. Yeah. yeah they take yeah. it personally. I can absolutely see that. It's kind of like, and it's kind of interesting cause you almost, you almost mm-hmm. want to let it progress unfettered yeah so that way you can see just how bad it is like by you interfering right uh you might make things worse you might make things better artificially or hold them up artificially it's really good to have a team that by the end of the season i think if coaches are listening like imagine having Mm. a team that saw these games and you told them like these are assessments of how well our practices are going and then that way imagine if players treated them as diagnostics like, you know, and that way their mindset would be maybe more aggressive, maybe more loose. 
uh, in a game versus like, I think we have it backwards where we teach it like the game is everything um, and be nervous here because you're wearing uniforms and there's whistles yeah. versus like, this is the hard lesson time in practice. And now let's go see what we have today, guys. You know mm. what I mean? And that would be just a different shift in mindset in, in tournaments. And I think it would make people looser. And then, uh, and then you might not need to worry about those because the fear is what makes players like, it's funny. Cause you know, like my, even my example, my, my players might've been a little timid and slow, low on energy because they, the problem was they were elevating game significance too much in their heads. Yeah. So they were probably nervous. Um, How can you not be nervous? Cause you, you're right. The, the uniforms, the whistles, the whatever, yeah. like the bunch of parents sitting around a bunch of people you don't know. I think it wouldn't it wouldn't take much though to tell a team like guys if, if you did start with that mindset of yeah like, I think the hard work is in practice we're gonna do all these things and then the games are just for us to see how our stuff worked that's it you know and then watch the result <laughs> I think th- those players would probably perform much better than players who walk into a stadium all nervous looking around mm-hmm. if you constantly reminded them guys why are we here girls why are we here we're here to assess the work we've put in the work's already done again this is a good coach who's like planned and prepped and not screaming on the sidelines yeah fra- frantically teaching last minute <laughs> like you know that's what i always think is funny when a coach is like sitting there shouting out like doing- instruction like you need to do this and like you'll see them demoing things on the sideline i'm like why weren't you doing this and, <laughs> like i can tell you this so like my daughter's team in their final final year of club like we were sitting there the week going into like the the championships for the season and they were doing like vault like they were doing like mindless drills that you do at the beginning of like a warm-up stuff as drills and i'm like you know this team i was just thinking to myself like this team can't pass like i would be spending all the week another doing, team or your no your our own team our own team had struggle <laughs> had struggles passing i'm just like i don't know why they're just not doing serve receive all practice like just yeah just yeah, like yeah. setting goals and drills and like let's variations yeah. of passing <laughs> and then sure enough they go to the championships and the coach is just screaming instructions and screaming at them in anger when they're getting aced and i'm like so you spent so, all the week working on the wrong thing because you were just not not connecting. It's so weird, like how few coaches. Like, I see so many coaches who don't diagnose the team's biggest problems. Well, you, know? you kind of revealed it, right? If they're always <laughs> interfering, they're not actually going to pause and see the full picture of the greatest weakness of the team. Or, well, I mean, most coaches would know that serve and pass is probably the most fundamental, anyways. But you like, hope. yeah, it's, it's remarkable how many coaches don't spend their practice yeah. serving, passing. Serving and passing. Serving yeah. and passing. If you want a good team, just do that all year and mix it up. Please don't do that all year. Please mix it up. Please no, but, mix it but up. what I mean, what I mean, I PTSD. No, but what I mean is like, no, but do it in an interesting way. Yeah. Right? Like serving and passing could be playing two on two. Yeah. yeah. Right. Serving and passing could be kings and queens. And yeah. that'd be nice. Yeah. Well, Just I mean, not butterfly. Not no, stuff. no. And run out, run out the whole play, right? Mm. Um, let the kids have that thing make it a game all the time like you know how good your team will be just by reps and then and then you correct right then you like you see when the server's over here and when the server's over there who should take that team who should take this team stuff like that it'd be sweet to yeah as a varsity coach if you could have two courts and just set up a whole bunch of like you said two on two three and three four and four let them play a whole bunch like yep why with not? Re- rewards built in and yeah, systems and, it's and so rules fun. rules right like like rules so you have to like mentally think like yeah, something yeah. about attack lines or like you know, uh, left sides can only tell, you know, you can add these cool little things yeah. into drills that get kids mobile and playing. But, um, yeah, sorry. I think I, did I cut you off there? I um, I was saying, you were saying the, uh, well, 
the coach who did like one drill like the week the tournament before championships oh, yeah, of like yeah. something else irrelevant when they should have been doing, doing serve and pass like they definitely were not tuned in and to, then screaming at them at the tournament because they're not moving yeah not, not doing a lot of girls cried that's that year. his own daughter did didn't oh sorry she, this is a different club oh different nice. club. yeah final year of club when they were, yeah no it was the next it's the same thing it's different different uniform yeah um yeah I, I just found that it's one thing that they all have in common though i think that I mean, if if you are like one thing that we coaches have in common is that they're screamers, uh, like screaming at the team. Like I, one thing, like you know, the frustration. Anger. What do you mean we have in common? What? Uh, one thing that bad coaches have in common. Oh. Sorry, uh, is that not we like you and me? But one thing right. that all bad coaches have in common uh, is they scream a lot. Um, yeah, you're right. That is like across the board. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. That. It's an interesting point. Because you're noticing it, but you're unqualified coaches too in your life, right? Um, yeah. Because yeah. it's a crutch. So like what I, my theory on that is that the reason why they scream is because they're so desperate to look like the, the coach on the sideline that they're hiding their own insecurities and lack of knowledge through screaming at the players and toughness and punishments. That's the other thing. Like it's tying in with our previous episode. It really proves your uh, authority uh, theory, which is now true. Yes, yes. It's just been proven true. It is true. I mean, it, like a lot of people go into any positions that are, you know, they're looking for authority. Mm. So they go into coaching is an easy one, right? Because youth sports, Works. it's like wide open. There's no yeah. test. There's no degree. There's no diploma. There's no training. Yeah. You just walk in because they're short. They need, need to coach. So if you want to, if you're an insecure person looking for power and authority, youth sports, man. Nice. That's where I'm going. <laughs> just walk in. <laughs> walk in. It was, you never went there, right? Yeah. Like, and now you're doing it through our organization, but it's a different world. But, um, so a lot of those screamers that are punishing physical punishments, screaming on the sidelines, those people are replicating those coaches of bygone eras that they think about in yeah. football and other sports. And, you know, and back then those coaches may, were probably knowledgeable and they were trying to get at something. And it was a different era. Um, but today to do it when you're not even teaching, like, see, that's the thing. You're not even teaching the right techniques and you're jumping straight to punishments and you can't tell me what I'm doing wrong. You're not qualified. Yeah. You're not qualified. So um, so make sure you know if you're going to be a coach that's going to be one of those coaches, then make you better have drilled home the message and the instruction because then what are you punishing, right? You haven't even told them what to do. Like it's one thing like, you know, oh, I've told you a million times. I've come out here and demoed it for you. You're just not paying attention now to go do Like what player wouldn't pay attention? It doesn't make sense. You only punish and move to physical punishments when you can't correct Mm -hmm. you have nothing to say so the screen yeah because at that point if they're not actually listening it's for reasons of focus and or whatever but what player an athlete doesn't want to get the well, the pass right yeah exactly you know what i mean why yeah, yeah. it shouldn't happen yeah because yeah. if you're really filling a practice i mean i'm i'm gonna fix the problem yeah but if i don't know how to fix the problem then i gotta fill yeah, practice no, i gotta I, fill practice with something else yeah yeah <laughs> lines touch lines yeah you know you guys are just not serving well well Show me what's wrong with my serve. Yeah. I can't. So you're going to run. <laughs> um, like, shouldn't that, like, seriously, if you have a, a bad day passing, shouldn't your whole next practice be spent talking about technical things to improve passing? Or you would think. what your team is doing wrong rather think. than physical punishments. Mm -hmm. But these coaches hide behind screaming punishment because that's the, that's the persona. They want to still be intimidating, mm. right? They want to still get the respect. So they go to that. And I'm not saying that great coaches don't lose it. Of course, great coaches can lose it. Um, 
you know, they can get frustrated because they're yeah. competitive individuals who are former athletes, maybe who are frustrated because they can't go out there and do it themselves. So they're like, why can't you just do this? That can happen, right? <laughs> but as you get older, I mean, like we said, Karch Karai is the model, I think, right? Best volleyball player ever now becoming a coach of high-level players. And he must have tremendous, Huma Kutchen, great player, right? National team coach who, who was on our show. They must have tremendous uh, understanding of how the world works, right? Because you are aware that, Okay, I'm not these players. Yeah. They're much younger than me. They don't have my genetics. For one of those my... guys to yell, it would have yeah. to be something awful. And uh, then yeah. it would certainly work like, because the players would respect them so much. I'm sure all of them have yeah. that. Like, it's like we've done something this like this to to get them to the that far. But yeah. I, I doubt it would ever happen. But Yeah, well, it's so it is common for great players to not be great coaches. We've seen that. Yeah. Right? Like in basketball, that was the case where Magic Johnson, we talked about that on an earlier episode where Magic Johnson went into coaching NBA basketball and it didn't end well right. because he, he just... Uh, Wayne he, Gretzky did? Well. Wayne Gretzky did hockey and that didn't work out very well, did it? It was, I think it was like mediocre. Yeah. It's not, it I wasn't think, great. I think so. it was more of a, um, in his case, it was like a weird finance. Remember the ownership issue? Yeah, yeah. Like he was part owner of the team and they owed him some money. So I think he went in to help his own team, the like Phoenix Coyotes, right? Um, Patrick Waugh is a hockey goalie who became a great coach. And people, Did he really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He had great, like his his junior team was winning like the national. No way. Yeah, his junior team did very well. And then I, I think he didn't get, did he get to the NHL? I think he did. But um, something goaltender becoming a head coach. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but he was kind of cerebral. eh? Like he was a very, uh, he was a real thinker as a player. So, um, but he was a hothead too. Well, yeah, as a coach. Yeah. So it, you know, I don't know why something happened that he wasn't able. We got to look that up. But something happened (laughs) because he was having a a lot of success as a coach. Um, uh, But it's very rare for great players to be great coaches. I think. I think what you have to be is. You have to be a player, I think, at some level to be a great volleyball coach. You have to have been at least, I think, a varsity level player, unless unless you are super open to learning. Like yeah. There are there have been some good coaches who've come along who were just they surrounded themselves like that, with yeah. good people, right? Uh, and they uh, they became good coaches. But that's that's rare because um, at that point you're more you're kind of like a coordinator. You're like, uh, you know, hiring or delegating work to certain you're you're building a team yeah. around you to handle the you technical might have something like an assistant who's a middle an yeah. assistant who's an outside assistant who's etc and then you learn from them yeah and then you become the expert like in time you're like no no, no you can learn have the to strategy yeah. yeah yeah but it's really tough right like it's it's super rare i think to not have played at some level in volleyball especially because um if you haven't seen how fast the game gets then I think that you you are that type of person who will scream at players. Come on, pass up when you yeah. never. If you never spa- faced a spin serve or a float serve, right? Like on the surface, you might think, well, float serve should be an easier pass than a spin serve. But players know that a float serve is you know really tough to pass versus yeah. a spin. Like sometimes you're dying for a spin serve, right? From the server, like you're oh good they're spinning because mm-hmm. you're like oh, yeah yeah yeah. You know what I mean? I've had for that sure. thought where I'm like <laughs> for sure. Um, but if, yeah, I think that coach who can kind of offshore that work, that's at the higher level because lower, the, I mean, the lower you go, the more technical, the more beginner, the more the technique is yet to be formed. Right. So mm-hmm. you're really spending most of your time in that, in that area. Um, that's a lot of like the, what the, these clinics were running is it's mostly, and it's awesome because I have to sit here and I have to like kind of break it down in my head and try mm-hmm. to figure out what's going on. Um, and even in your case, like, yeah, exactly. That's that's what made me a stronger coach. Like coaching the youngest players 
is really cool because it makes you slow down and say, mm-hmm. okay, what do I do here that's successful? What do I do that doesn't isn't successful? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, okay. That, and then when you're going back to playing, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, remember to get my leg outside or to get you know to yeah. you know move my feet it's here true. or like you know don't go on the ground, don't dive too early, move my feet and uh, little tips that make like coaching makes you a better player for sure. Mm-hmm. Like I, I got better at playing after I started coaching. Um, but so that's why you got into it for selfish reasons. I got into it for selfish reasons. Mm. No, I didn't know that. I actually didn't know <laughs> that it would make me a better player until right. I started. Because the internet uh, wasn't around. At that the time internet wasn't around. There were no uh, TV was not yeah. around. Uh, Jeez. Yeah, we TV were, was yeah. The sun. The sun was brand new. Even the sun. Mm. We had lived in darkness for many moons. Mm. Mm. <laughs> 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 and uh, then so we were all naked probably right well because like, there wouldn't be need for clothes why unless it was cold it was cold yeah without yeah. the sun it was very cold in pre-sundays whew, i don't know very cold <laughs> <laughs> playing volleyball in those gyms no lights this is not his kids this is not historically accurate. <laughs> mommy what was it like before the sun <laughs> um no but what was it oh so one thing i wanted to say too in this episode is that i think there's something um you know, when in any walk of life, because there's a debate, right? There's a lot of coaches who are listening to this. I mean, millions of people listening to this. And uh, whenever you get millions of people listening to such an important... In a hundred years, maybe. Yeah, maybe not even then. <laughs> <laughs> the sun will be gone. Yeah. Anyway, uh, no, but th- there's a lot of people who will say like, no, you know, I like yelling on the sidelines. I'm a loud person. Mm-hmm. They, they often try to say that they're cheering on the sidelines, but they're, they don't understand that they're not cheering. Yeah, let's. But uh, let, I like this. Try to try to defend them because I want. Yeah. I, I want to see. Like, well, what I want to say though to them that before, like to, to shoot them all down, is in whoa, what scenario aggressive. in the world, in what scenario in the universe, is a person who's screaming or yelling mm-hmm. ever in control? and gonna perform well you know I, who's the uh the character in um uh you know guide to the galaxy hitchhiker's guide to the that's galaxy that's so weird that you're mentioning this why like, i just watched a movie last night with that sam rockwell guy in it who plays playing the president of the universe yeah <laughs> right that's <laughs> yeah, what you're talking yeah, about yeah, right yeah. That's so weird. what i'm talking about what, what, who's the guy the the hitchhiker himself I forget oh his name. martin freeman uh in in the, the yeah, character, yeah. the character, the character. Oh, I forget his name. He has like a human uh, name, but he's like freaking out because stuff, all all sorts of crazy stuff is happening, and he's definitely yeah. not in control. Yes. Well, I guess that proves your point because he is yelling and he's not in control. He's not in control, and it just kind of goes along, and then they just end up all over the place. It's a great movie, great book too. Yeah, great book. Yeah, but and, um, and but that is it. He's frantic and he thinks he's in control. Yeah, he thinks he's not. He's not, and that's <laughs> why he's losing it. And everybody just says, "Calm down." And you know, the the name of the book is right? yeah, it? yeah. Uh, it the, says, "Don't panic." Don't panic. <laughs> 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 if you don't know what we're talking about, this Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, great movie. If you just want to start. Movie there, but there is a good, book yeah. it's legendary and one of the cool things about that's a philosophical movie and book and the idea is that you know there's so many things in the universe that you have no control over yeah. so just don't panic like, yeah. <laughs> useless to panic actually um and the problems that you think are massive are actually nothing it's in like the grand scheme of things yeah um <laughs> but so i always think like you know i just think that coaches that are screaming it, it shows that like how i felt when i was 24 20 yeah i must have been 24 um it shows a lack of control 
like you're out of control that's why i don't like it that's why that memory sticks with me because it, it in my mem- memory it's and remember we had shane uh, christopher on talking about recruitment yeah and he said he had a similar experience remember where he felt out of control and he sort of that season that he's having a rough oh, season. oh yeah yeah remember, and he apologized basically to his players on <sighs> episode our recruitment episode well because it's there's no one no one there is going to reprimand you right if you're if you're the kid at home and you're having a temper tantrum your parents will correct you sometimes sometimes <laughs> Well, maybe that's part or of what this is linked to. Or they'll like, give you candy for yelling. Are you kidding me? You, hey, you know how you know how parenting works now. Like most parents are like, okay, you can have the sweater since you told me to f off. Okay, wow. I just, or I don't want you to hate me, so I'll give you the candy and the ice cream because mm. you're. That's sadly what parents are doing now. Not all parents, but bad parents. That's, and the parents listening know what I'm talking about. That. Yeah, parents reward bad that's behavior all the time. Up. You know because um, they want to be their kid's friend, you know, or they don't want yeah. their kid to be, oh, they're throwing a tantrum. I find that giving the kid the iPad calms them down. Well, guess what you're teaching that kid? Yeah. Scream more, scream louder. That kid's going to be a volleyball coach. Kid's going to be a volleyball coach when he grows up. Well, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Jeez, man. Because like, yeah, it's like anything goes. You're, oh, that's a terrifying connection. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well that's sort of i mean you know. yeah because in like in those gyms like no you don't ever see a parent i mean you probably do in the rare occasions when it gets bad enough someone mm. stands up and be like what are you doing as a coach yeah or, yeah. or the, the the ref will have to step in and like kick him out I, that i've seen more than the other one well the, it's usually the ref that interjects yeah. and maybe that's what it is it's all the parents are waiting for the ref to actually step in and do something yeah we had a coach whose uh, wife knew to bring a hundred dollars because there was going oh, to be a fine yeah so they just like oh go get the money that is terrifying yeah they brought bills because they knew because the coach was their therapy is at kids tournaments they let it all out and they, yeah they're self-loathing Oof. everything's wrapped up but that's what i mean like so you're an out of control <sighs> individual um you're not communicating like again if, if you're in a workplace you couldn't do this if you were a parent in public you couldn't do this couldn't just start mm-hmm. screaming like this. I mean, if we're talking to them right now, we should probably be a little nicer because it's... Well, just, they've already turned it off. <laughs> yeah. We're preaching to the choir that. right now, I think. But but I mean, that... Yeah, I mean, if we were to try to address the coach. Yeah. So like, you know, you know, hey, out of control, crazy coach. Um, that's just, not a good way. That's not a good way to... <laughs> yeah, it's not a good open. way to start it. Hey, yeah. good coach uh, trapped in a bad coach's body. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> uh, hey, good looking hey. coach. Um you know, if you want your, the best out of your players and you want your players to respect you and you want everybody watching to respect you, then try to be the calm coach who communicates clearly what you want from them. Now, the problem is there you, you probably don't know what to say to these players. Mm. That's why you're screaming because you're frustrated because you want them to play better, but you don't know how to give them the tools to play better. So go to YouTube. Are you listen to say, our episode. Yeah, I knew you were gonna do it. I knew you were gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but it's pitch. true. It's true. No, yeah. not just us. Not just us. You go watch some videos from high level coaching, art of coaching volleyball videos. Yeah. Right, those are pretty good videos. Um, and then you can actually give yourself, give your players real practical advice rather than anger, because they will play worse if you're angry. You know. You just hold a yawn in there no <laughs> i'm trying not to do it I don't know why. part of your uh, nostril exercises yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i was just thinking this leads into um 
another topic that we're going to talk about soon of like when players get worse right right yes um and that's one of the big reasons why that's probably the main reason why is aggression and yelling and players lose interest they're not going to try harder anymore they don't even know why they're still playing the sport yet they uh well they keep showing up because they want to be involved with sports well that's the and that's another thing we mentioned nowadays the the intent or reason for even being involved on team sports is different nowadays. Yep. You know, it's to have the thing on their Instagram or to just, you know, I don't know, take snaps and be like, yeah, I'm out of my tournament. And are, do you really want to be there? Is it, is yeah. that what it's for? Is it for that attention? Or is it, uh, you really want to be there to play the game? Right? Yeah. Need to feel like you're a part of something, which yeah. I, guess, I guess sports has, has always had that, but today it's like, different level. it's definitely always had that but uh, at least you could you weren't bound by it you could i think freely leave it a lot of players yeah. athletes did if it wasn't comfortable yes. for them yes they would just go find another sport right yeah or like if they weren't into it they wouldn't do it for people sticking with it for the wrong reasons now right yeah yeah i don't know i think that i think that like so can you be a good coach and a yeller i guess is that is that a good question like can there be, and I don't mean cheering, yelling. I mean, can you teach instruction? I, I don't think it's even, it's so weird because if you. You can't be a great coach. Mm-mm. You can probably, if they have a lot of other good things going on, <laughs> they could be a good coach. I just like, I'm just trying to picture someone like if, mm-hmm. I, if I'm teaching someone to forearm pass, right? Like someone who's struggling with it. <laughs> I can't see a scenario where I'm screaming it at them. Yeah. Like it's well, how much how much yelling is like ten percent yelling? Twenty five, fifty percent? I just don't think only in games I, or in I, practices. I just keep going back to if you have something to teach someone, right? <laughs> yeah. you, you would never scream it at them. <laughs> it's like it's like you sure? I don't know. I can't see well see, so here's the thing. You can only scream at someone. Who knows something? Like we're talking about youth volleyball. Here, yeah, right? I, I know. So like you can only scream. Like you know, uh, who's the guy? Gordon Ramsay. You know the yeah. chef, right? Like he screams at people who are supposedly chefs or high level chefs who are sucking. He doesn't go to children, and he would never. He would never <laughs> teach children that way. And I think that's the other thing too. Like you know, we th- should there find are, out what there, his rugby are, life was like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I like how he switched to rugby instead of football. Yeah. Um, no, but there are high-level coaches that do scream at players in those sports, right? Like in football, mm-hmm. it's pretty standard for a football coach to scream at some players. Even at the NFL level, you'll see it, right? Like on the sidelines, special teams coaches yeah. and stuff. And maybe even in soccer. Well, you know what's weird in soccer? Like, I don't know. Do you watch that Be- Beckham documentary? Did I tell you about that? I, you did. I haven't watched it yet. Okay. It's so I cool because, it. like, you know, they talk about, like, you know, at his level, like, just a coach benching him when he was all, like, a superstar. And just, like, the coach a little jealous of the the fan the fandom he yeah, was getting yeah, after yeah. Mary Paul Spice. And, and, like, a weird thing where, like, this new coach comes in and he decides he's going to bench David Beckham. And it's, like, it's every level, eh, of these. And, and it was this a coach, by the way. It was a coach, by the way, that he idolized as a player when he was a kid. So this guy came in. Became, no. Yeah, and then he just, like, he became the national. And even Beckham, I remember this. Like, when Beckham wasn't playing and, you know, when they were, they were talking about not bringing him on the English team or you know, near the end of his career, even I'm like, you wouldn't want to have him on the bench. Like as a, yeah. as even like coming off the bench as an experienced guy who can, if nothing else, score off a free kick. But yeah. there's so much weirdness in coaching all the way up, you know, huh. yeah. ego yeah. And, yeah. and 
competition and uh but i thought but there are screamers at that level sometimes um but you are dealing with fully formed adults yeah right? that's I, the thing and i think that's where the some of these coaches are, are also getting it from they see it and they think it's justified seeing it on Sportsnet. Yes. You know, the football coach is doing it. Uh, yeah. Or a hockey sure. coach, right? Yeah, yeah. But it, NBA coaches do it. It's high level college coaches. It's different in that sport because, I mean, hockey, like, you, it's it's kind of A, really hard to hear. Yeah. Because it's like you got. Super loud. Yeah. But you know what I mean? I mean, the, the screamer coach who sometimes goes to the end of the bench and starts screaming at a player, you still see Yeah. It. It's starting to disappear. But, the Mike Babcocks are gone. But now, in right? a game where there's like hard contact you for someone's safety you really need them to be like you need to do this or you're going to get hurt type thing right or you're going to let someone else get hurt and it's such a fast chippy sport same with football too right like there's a lot of danger on the line if someone isn't doing their job yeah you know your quarterback's gonna get murdered yeah or or like someone cutting over the middle anyway but yeah there's a safety i think that's the main main thing is because of the because of the contact and because there's um and the sorry and they're pro athletes like pro yeah i think the big thing is they're adults and like they've been taught it and now they're not doing it um my mil- hockey millions, coaches yelled a lot yeah like 14 15 and you're not making millions of dollars yeah and that's the other difference right these guys are making millions of dollars yeah and there's an expectation of performance um and there's a million people waiting for that one spot by the way right like whereas in kids sports like like take it back to the gordon ramsay example gordon ramsay would scream at an adult chef training to be a chef but yeah. he won't scream at a 14 year old kid making stuff maybe as a joke in a skit but not in real life right because the expectation but there's a camera there as well there's a camera there but like, you're, but the expect yeah and there, yes that's good too yeah it's, it's good tev good entertainment. yeah yeah uh, I always and wondered, same with pro sports too, right? Like I think yeah, people like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like me. Like I'll be I'll be uh, honest with you. I was worried about the audience when you know when I lost it. I'm For like, sure. oh, people are seeing me not doing anything. There's a little bit of that. Um, yeah, so the pressure to then yell. The pressure to yell and yeah. like he's just sitting there. Something. Only later in my life, when I was coaching, did I learn to just sit there. And the parents will criticize you for that too, right? The calm coach, they'll they'll say he's not doing anything, but they don't know that you're calling a timeout and saying exactly what they need to hear versus because the loser mindset like let's be honest with you right there's more losers in the world than winners way more right Mm -hmm. like there's a thin sliver of winners at the top so if you do whenever you do the calm right thing most people are going to think you're doing the wrong thing but they don't know what leads to success Mm because they're they're Mm -hmm. the overreactionary masses right so how long was your retreat in uh nepal um i'm still there in my mind oh (laughs) I'm not even here right now. I'm floating on a cloud. He's not even sitting in a chair. <laughs> you mean chair. you mean like in terms of the Zen approach I bring? Yeah. yeah. But I don't though. I still I still lose it. Everybody does. Like I think the idea is that um the the speed with which you come back to reality is all you can do, right? You're still you're still gonna freak out over things. You're still gonna freak out in your right. mind over things. Everybody will. Because the that's the torture for people who like for people on the other side of things are like I'll never react to anything. It's the same people who can't meditate, right? Because yeah. they, they just get too frustrated with the. So you and have they to inevitably do freak out. Yeah, because like, they're they're trying to resist what will naturally happen. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, if we look at Kung Fu Panda, right? Yeah, Sifu. really good movie. Yeah, I love those movies. Really I great just message. Three. Yeah, it's so good. All three of them. They're so deep. Yeah, but like Sifu never he's. Well, actually, seafood, not seafood. seafood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't say seafood. I said seafood. It sounded very close to seafood, but yeah. I know you said seafood, but yeah. it's Master Shifu. That's right. 
Actually, he does. Uh, Poe does make him freak out just by being. Yes, po. yes, he does, and yeah. then he tries to bring her back. Yeah, Dustin Hoffman. Is that who? Yeah, Master Shifu is Dustin Hoffman. It's funny. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, there I answered my own. I was gonna say that Shifu doesn't freak out, but I was like, no, he definitely does freak out. He does, Poe. and that's the mistake that people make with things like stoicism today. Yeah. They think that it means that someone Uguay's who never... pretty chill. Uguay's Uguay. the he's the most chill. Yeah, Ugu Uguay is who? He's the he's in number three. He's like the tortoise. Oh yes, yes, yes. He's already deceased, but he's in the spirit. Realm. Yes, yes. Yeah, he's in every one of them, isn't he? Then. Uh, yeah, maybe. Because he's the first one, the dragon yeah. scroll and all that stuff. He could just be like Cheech or like Tommy Chong. Yes. Yeah, I believe it is, isn't it? <laughs> no, no, it's not. No, no. no. It's, uh, it's not. I forget who it it's is. It's not a like actor's name that, that was very well known to me. Okay. Um, but yeah, those are good movies in terms of philosophy, even like, you know, the idea there's no secret ingredient like you know that whole everybody's yeah. it's kind of timely because everybody's looking for that secret formula online like is it ice well, bath sauna the, and all this stuff versus like the there is those no movies that come through panda movies yeah been so it's good. just you it's just you yeah. it's like, I don't, spoiler alert but uh, <laughs> 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 anyway just go look up go go watch and see what happens with the dragon scroll when they <laughs> finally get it in yeah. kung fu panda but um no i just think that um i forget i was going to say something there but yeah the idea is that like even mm. a coach, right, to bring us back to coaching, like if you are someone who is a reactionary person, that's fine. You can react, you can get upset, but can you catch it before it comes out? Uh, can you like, you know, I do like to see, you know, I love seeing uh, is the coach. And I, I think I've started doing this, like when players make mistakes uh, that you've worked on or you've talked about or you just talked about it in a huddle and they go and they they, they look over at you and you're just like laughing and yeah, yeah. they're like they're laughing and it's like I know I, love that. I know yeah. and then uh, that that's a cool moment because we're both knowing that that you just messed up about what we just talked about and that shows that you're working on it technically yes and it also right? shows that you're bringing perspective right like yeah it doesn't the player doesn't you're gonna make mistakes. terrified of it they yeah. can laugh about it it's the same thing the player knows they messed up. It's the same message. It's so funny because right now, like when while I'm coaching, I'll like we're working on serving or something. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on, mm -hmm. and we'll sit there and we'll talk for a few minutes, and then I'll be okay. Now go and serve the ball, and then they're, they're like they look all serious. I'm like, no, just don't worry about like because you're gonna make mistakes. Like we just sat here and talked for a while, and now you're gonna process all of it and. I can look at your face and you're expecting that you think I expect you to serve it over the net now. Yeah, <laughs> like, yes, just relax, just hit some reps, like whatever, like it's just, it's not going to work out perfectly. And then a few times it will. So just like relax. Um, cause there's so many, there's so many mistakes and I, I, same thing. I love that too. And that's, that's the main goal that I'm going after is that I'm just trying to give them all the, like the little angles of what's going on, especially the more complex, the move, serve is pretty complex spike mm -hmm. is the most that we can just educate them enough that they're like when the mistake does happen they look at you like oh the toss was the too far the toss so, over here. yes i'm like yes that's all i want because yep. now you can troubleshoot and then if you can teach them to troubleshoot i think you can actually teach them to develop to, to advance their game as well because troubleshooting is a form of creativity to me in a way right you're mm -hmm. you're seeing different angles of things and then if you're seeing how the way something is built, then you can kind of build something new as well, right? And that's yep. why uh, foundational stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think that's where uh, once a player gets more creative, they really start to enjoy the game more. They start to relax more. They start to get into that 
yep fall into that flow state right well it's funny too because that's one of the things that i sort of used to develop as a coach too is we'd go over instruction and then when a player does something i would say so do you know what you did wrong there do you know why it didn't work and then they're like i threw it too far behind me i threw too far in front or i I went too early or something you know or i didn't uh get Mm. my feet behind the ball or whatever um and the cool thing is that's actually the way that you should discipline your kids too. And that's the way, like, this is sort of, I remember when I was teaching, this came out and I was like, oh, interesting. They're, they're actually bringing this stuff to teach rather than yelling at a kid for making a mistake. They were like, yeah, you should yeah. ask them questions. And some teachers are stupid with it. And they're like, you know, what did you feel? And I don't know what any of that. Yeah. You know, and what they're really getting at is like, you know, the idea behind discipline is you want to make a person reflect on what they did or didn't do well. Because that's the only thing that leads to improvement. And it's sort of taken, from, I think, from sports models. And Because, you know, when you ask a kid in life, like, um, you know, why did you do that? Like, that's such a, that's too general of a question. Like, yeah. I don't know, right? They always say, I don't know why I stole that thing or, you know. When really what you want to get at is like, um, you know, you start to talk to them about the person who owns stuff if they yeah. steal. And, you know, would you like it if someone stole something from you? Like, what if you worked really hard to get something and someone just took it? You know, those sorts of reflective things. Um the same is true in coaching. And I think that if a lot of coaches who are screaming spent more time asking players why they weren't successful in something and then being able to discuss what they did wrong. But again, that requires what? Uh, what? That the coach knows what yeah. the hell went wrong. Right, because if they're <laughs> going to bring that up, then that's why and they have the answers. They're just holding them. Yes. Yeah. So if you are a technically strong coach... And you're still going to physical punishment and screaming. It doesn't. That's what I'm saying to you. It d- wouldn't make sense. Like by definition, I think that's a contradiction. Yeah, it's impossible. That's what we were yeah. saying earlier. Remember I was saying to you because they I have they have the outlet. I, inherently, we don't want to be yelling at people. I can't. I can't even imagine if I had something to teach someone mm-hmm. how to be better that I would waste time yelling and punishing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even make sense. Well, maybe that's where the situation is where some good players can't end up being good coaches because they have tendencies for for yelling and stuff, even though they probably could if if they were to break down how they do something, mm-hmm. they probably could extract some really good knowledge from it, but their default is to just get upset. Or you know if, what I mean? if they don't if it comes naturally to them too. Like that's, yeah, that was the danger of the Michael uh Wayne Gretzky becoming a coach was that everything was so natural well, for Wayne Gretzky. And he did even... and he did lose it with players. You know, Magic yeah. Johnson too. Michael Jordan probably would have a hard time coaching. That's why Michael Jordan was a tough teammate, right? Because he like couldn't understand why players didn't have his work ethic and yeah. drive and you know, why can't you do this? His patience was was thin. Um whereas like for players who worked hard at it. Like, I think that was one of my strengths as a coach is that I was a shorter outside hitter. So I had to really work at things, you know what I mean? And I think that gate, I had to be positionally better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I couldn't just make it. And sets had to be good for me. And yeah. Uh, or I had to make sure I waited. Otherwise, you know, I didn't there. have, the, I didn't have the advantage of being able to fix things later. And that's why I think coaches today are missing out so much on, on just automatically passing up on short players because a lot of short players, they're, they're problem solvers, right? Like they get a tight set. They're going to be super creative in that moment. Of course they are because they've been dealing with it their whole life. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Good and, point. and then they, they just like, they adapt Good point. and they, they, 
it's you have you feel like you have to be quicker you have to be faster you yeah. train harder a lot of outside hitters were short are very you know like i did i got pre-muscular as a player yeah i trained hard because i knew i was going up against so there's a lot of intangible and then the mental toughness of that player because the, mm. so that's what Playing i think against everyone taller yeah and i've it's tragic because i've seen those same coaches mm. that never played and like maybe screamers and all that they pass up on like so I've seen the best hitter in the gym as a short player and they just make him a libero or don't, don't even put them on the team. And I'm like, yeah. why would you do that? Why would you not put the best hitter on the team? Uh, like in the practice, in, in the gym on the team. It's crazy. eh? Yeah. But just cause they're height. Ah. So the, the, even though they're a side out machine and everything you're seeing against those tall players, but they just pick tall. It's weird. I just had a conversation today with a person I know who's a shorter player. And she said that her, one of her old coaches was talking to her and uh, she's a libero and the coach told her that yeah i just took a few uh i just took these three players because they were taller than these other players and she was like oh, she's gonna answer them back and say like oh so you just so would i not make your team today like i was like your star player but she didn't answer she's just like whatever yeah <laughs> so weird eh well it's funny you mentioned the set because that that also leads into that like take taller players and that way if your setter isn't as strong then yeah you can have players tall taller players like mess their shoulders up by trying to fix stuff and they're still not going to be hitting an effective ball or anything so it's still it's just an excuse on an excuse yeah and mobility like i i'm still a fan of like take the best players and i like the old system of tall middles and see anyone disagreeing with that your outside hitters should be mobile and yeah aggressive and if they're taller great but if they're not like if there's someone better than them who's like three inches shorter take them yeah, <laughs> you don't understand it. It's so weird, um, but yeah. So I mean, I, I I go back to that point about being uh, the out of control coach. Uh, I think that in any circumstance in life, whenever we're screaming, I think anyway. I think you're the same way. If you ever lose it, you instantly regret it. I instantly regret it. And uh, you yeah. feel like um, you're out of you're out of control. It's a symptom of being out of control. I remember the last time. And isn't shouldn't, yeah. shouldn't a coach like be concerned? Like I, I said this in a post recently, like seemed to get a lot, lot of likes. You know, the coach expects the player to exhibit you know control in the clutch in stressful moments, right? Well, that's what we all want as coaches. We want our players to be composed and calm and perform. Shouldn't we as coaches be modeling <laughs> that calmness, right. coolness, of course, in the clutch? Like, do you want your players to be frantic or do you want them to be calm and cool in the clutch? That's what I think of now. Like when I'm, if I'm coaching or if I'm in any situation, even business owner, um, you know, I think I'm modeling a certain behavior when our staff is getting worried about competitors or I always tell them like, we don't have to worry about anything. Just worry about us rather than like, if I run around frantically, you know, imitating our imitators, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, um, there's something about being a leader, right? That is just um, very um, attractive to people, magnetic, you know? And I think that if you as a coach can think about that, think about what message you're sending your your players when you're losing it on the sideline, do you want them to lose it? Isn't it funny that that's that the funny. case? The, yeah. the, the, the team with the yappy coach is the team with the yappy captain or the, the team that the ref is frequently giving that's the warning. The only last thing I had on here is that you're going to get players who start to yell and then it's just like going to go back. They think we talked about this before. They think that's competing, right? Yelling and stuff. Is yes. Like, yeah. It, so sorry. Yeah. You, no, no, no. Yeah. You I was done with it. Yeah. No, that's uh, that you're teaching them the wrong thing about life and performance and same with parents who scream and hit, right? Like, yeah. you're going you're gonna, to, I mean, I know the hitting is a whole like, you know, topic today that there's old school parents, but you don't really have to hit a kid. You just have to punish a kid. 
Yeah. Like, you know, or like make a kid have a consequence. And usually the natural consequences there. Like, so in volleyball, it's kind of funny because the best parents let kids fail. They're like, so my kids in university right now and they're like uh, not studying and I'm like, all right, don't study, go ahead. Mm. And if you like, you know, I already got a degree. So, you know, if you don't want a degree, don't get a degree. It's fine. Uh, or if you want to, if you want to drop out, drop out. Uh, and they're like, no, 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 I gotta get to work. And I, like the natural consequence, letting them, it's very interesting. Cause like sometimes I think, am I a sociopath? I don't care about my kids enough, but I know it's because <laughs> I, it's because I, I don't mind having them fail. <laughs> no, I don't mind having them fail. Yeah. And I think it's funny that that's the mindset that got them both into, you know, like I never yeah. harped on them about marks. Yeah. I never harped on them about anything. I just say, well, okay, well, if like, even like one of my daughters right. with training, right. I'm like, okay, then don't train. That's fine. But don't complain about performance or injuries yeah on the other when hand you know yeah you know the answers yeah. so like so that's sort of like i think coaches need to get into that too like you don't you don't can't force something you know you just kind of let people uh let the natural the volleyball has built-in natural consequences you know what i mean like okay guys so if we want to win yep if we want to win or not lose a lot or not give up a lot of points then here's what we need to do and if we don't then um, I don't need to scream because the punishment is the loss or <laughs> yeah, is the, the embarrassment. embarrassment for you, the, yeah. the lack of joy. Like it's a lot more fun to win than it is to lose. And all the good parents would kind of understand that they're not going to blame the coach at all really because it's yeah. you've done your job. Um, Again, though, that, that has to be a knowledgeable coach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something to teach. I think it seems to go back to that a little bit, eh? Like, and someone um, has gone through, again, like hard things because that's not going to really be that, much of a disturbance to them right perspective you have perspective yeah yeah yeah. it will be to those to those kids and then they'll remember it and then they're gonna work hard and practice and Mm -hmm. then come back yeah i think it's funny how a lot of it comes back to just education of the coach eh? like if the coach uh, puts themselves in a lot of situations like if you're really passionate about coaching and you want to go somewhere with it then you should be arming yourself with as much knowledge as possible watching a lot of stuff listening to a lot of stuff uh, going to seminars, going, but that's a rare coach. And they're kind of already the pre, like we get a lot of people messaging us, thanking and us for this show though. And I, I, I'm happy that they're listening and I'm very grateful, but I also think that, okay, well, you already got it. You know what I mean? We're preaching to the choir. Yeah. Sometimes. I, I mean, I, it, it is cool. Cause Most some, the sometimes they sure are right. younger coaches who are messaging us, which is cool or open minded. It's like, we have had people say that you've, you've helped change the way I coach, That's cool. which is cool. Right. Um, and you hope that, you know, there's a certain segment like we talked about earlier in this episode that aren't going to even listen yeah, ever. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Hate us already. Yeah. But I just want to like be nice to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, well, it is better to, and I, uh, honesty, to reach them. Honesty yes. is nice, right? Yeah. Honesty is the best thing you can, that mm-hmm. one can be given. So, um, what do you think from this episode will reach the coach that is the screamer who hates what we're saying right now. Is there any way to reach them at all? Or do we have to worry? Well, most honestly, most of the time when we, we bring up these things, I, I don't know how to bridge it from the fault that we're identifying to, because it's so strange. There's so many contradictions, two things that shouldn't exist at the same time, right? Like the coach is yelling. They, however, they want the player that's clutch, that's in control and that's calm yet. They're modeling the behavior. That's the complete opposite to that. So the, Light, it's the likelihood of any of their athletes becoming that clutch player is just it's not going to happen so yeah. you know what i mean there's yeah. always these direct contradictions so but i think like it really is just in them and their their how they experience life and how they go through it because i mean 
not that you were a yelling coach, but you did it one time, but there was a really big learning moment for you, right? So mm -hmm. I think for everyone, they're always gonna have these little moments in life. It may not even be when they're coaching. It could be when they're with their family or by, they're by themselves or something, and then something just happens. It's traumatic in some way or it's emotional and it just makes them take a little shift. And then that can start like, you know, just like a little bit of like a, the whole snowball analogy, mm -hmm. right? And get things rolling. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, it would be really cool if episodes like this were that little kind of like nudge. Yeah, I doubt it. But <laughs> and so the main thing that, uh, that I think if they can take away from it is just don't worry about like, cause it really is insignificant. If, mm -hmm. if you've, if you think we're calling you out on your mistakes now and you're that, uh, that irritates you, that probably means in some way you're kind of owning up to them. But the good thing about that is that it's pretty insignificant because yeah. just move on with your life and move forward. Yep. And then people won't, people already don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Perspective on things. I, I think that if I were to say like, like if the goal of the coach is to have, if they're feeling insecure by the performance of the team, then um, I think that you're just going to be more, like you're going to center yourself out more. You're going to make the team perform worse. I love I, how the opposite happens, eh? Yeah. Like it's, it's just like we, you will center yeah. yourself out more. Absolutely. You're going to center yourself out more. You're going to look a certain way if you're worried about, cause let's face it. Like it's like a reaction to what's happening and maybe the perception of people that makes you act like this, or maybe you just have things in your life that you're not really happy with. And it comes out in this way. It's funny. It goes back to that whole work on yourself thing. Eh? Yeah. You know, like if you, like it would be fascinating if a coach, like I'm sure there might be people listening who have a temper on the sidelines who wish that they didn't, you know what I mean? Like it's uncontrollable temper, but I bet you any money if those people started doing like some exercise or some, you know, sort of meditation, anything that would really just sort of focus on the inner you, because that outward expression is really a manifestation or representation of what's going on inside you, right? Mm -hmm. Either you're a happy person, content, yeah, or you are yeah, a miserable no person who's um, not unhappy with yourself, not liking yourself, and that's going to come out, right? Um, confidence really, really manifests itself in our in our outward demeanor. You know what I mean? Like there's a calmness that uh, not necessarily confidence, but I guess. Calm, yeah, like inner calm really will. Inner calmness ha has to do with like liking yourself, right? Liking yeah. yourself, maybe that's the word. Because like, we all have insecurities. Yeah. But I see what you mean. You know what I mean? So you got to work on liking yourself, you know? <laughs> doing things that make you like yourself more. Because how can you go like, say, 50 years and still just be so. I mean, I, I know it's happened. I mean, just unfortunate cir um, circumstances to whatever. Yeah, and life circumstance. I mean, you know, you yeah. can have a crappy lot in life right Which, yeah it's hard to imagine someone going 50 years without having done hard things i, I believe everyone probably has achieved something mm -hmm. so it may also just be a, a the inability to actually go back and reflect on that or i think that's what i think everybody has their challenges in life yeah but some people either think that they deserve bad things they don't deserve good things that or they that's the thing we've been talking about lately eh? yeah or they don't um right and that'll totally blind you to the the yeah. good you have done or they don't recognize the they don't recognize the accomplishments they've yeah made, right they don't recognize the good things they have already 
or yeah. that how they what they accomplished. That's a big one I see in young people. It's like they don't know what they've accomplished. And then, so therefore, they don't get the self-esteem boost of other people who take inventory once in a while and say, oh, wow, you know that that thing happened and I overcame that and I did that and I'm here now. That's pretty, whoa, hmm. you know? It's not, it's not bragging either. It's just like recognizing accomplishments because everybody has done hard things. Like even, you know, like it's funny because people with really crappy lives like we talked about come through it and they might turn into crappy adults because they haven't really recognize the hard things they've come through you know or they they've been through something traumatic and awful and then they still think that that's who they are that happens yeah. to you know, you label yourself as something yeah and that's where all these like you know modern things come from like you're not your past you're not what happened to you but um but there sure is like a therapy hmm. in uh in doing hard things and giving yourself credit for doing the hard things that's like yeah. you said the reflection right like, so all these people do, do ice baths. We talk about that, cold showers and well, work out and train. Sometimes they don't even give themselves credit for it because part of their routine and then they don't even like, you know. Because if they don't believe they are deserving of whatever happiness in some way, they'll yeah. just... Or they just think that it's no big deal what it. they do. is Because they're not... Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, see, this true. is where the anxiety comes into because like if you're someone who like is... Like if you are worried about yourself um, in a negative way, you don't realize that what you're doing is rare compared to other people. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you don't want to compare yourself to others, but there comes times where you should say, you know, I am pretty, this is pretty good of me that I do this mm -hmm. stuff or I put myself through this when most in people reference. in reference yeah, yeah. to, yeah, not yeah. like in praise of yourself rather than that's tough. We, we eh? in we reference. Well, we tend to compare in the negative, eh? Like I'm not as good as this person, yeah. that person, that person, but we rarely do the reverse of saying, Oh, but I do this and other people don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do this every day. Um, and most people don't. So it's kind of an interesting how we focus on the negative. Yeah. But, but I think for coaches, like whatever's lacking. Yeah. So I think if a coach can get in touch with some of the things that they do that are good things, um, that might help some of the, the inner baggage from spilling out, um, as often as it does, you know? And I was young, like, I remember like, I was 24, but I had played high level. And so that's why I was like, I didn't like the feeling. Cause I'm like, these guys aren't, you know, I'm not, they're not me and I'm not, uh, I'm projecting my own insecurities now. Like as a player, I, I would be frustrated with teammates or myself for doing that, but they're not there yet. There's like 15, 16 year old kids or whatever. Right. So I think that's what bothered me about it. I was like, what, what am I expecting them to yeah. be like me? That's another, that's another big one. Uh, parents and coaches they expect these children to have their work ethic, their design, yeah, yeah. their drive, their projecting. I find that <laughs> funny too. Like, or even their wisdom, right? Like, what were you thinking? What are you stupid? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, they are a little stupid. They're 14. <laughs> like, yeah. And also everything looks so much simpler on the side of the court than when you're on it. Yes. Oh, <laughs> it's yes. It's just always the way it is. Yeah. Always easier on the sidelines. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Hmm. All right, man. Well, do you think we're good? Yeah, yeah, we're Had like, a bunch of we're random like good coaching thoughts, but it doesn't. No, no, uh, no, no. You got to put them in then. Oh well, <laughs> random good coaching thoughts. With well, Eric. I don't know. No, and I, now it's time for random good coaching <laughs> thoughts with no, Eric. No, it's not. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I should say it's good coaching <laughs> thoughts, but like I'm getting to the point now where when I'm coaching, it's like I don't want them. Uh, it's almost like when I people are so like thankful to me and stuff. Like I, I do like that, but I want them to like see the work that they've done it's almost like if they put too much onto me as the coach yes. like thank you 
I, I at the same I just want to be like no like don't you realize that it's it was you I'm just I'm just here to like point fingers basically yep to like tell you to do this so um in a way <laughs> I'm almost like changing my coaching so that I can like almost like do the thing and then step away right you know what I mean that's huge. and then they get the aha moment and it, it, the main thing I wanted to say is that that actually just feels like the natural progression because I've been coaching for a while and for whatever reason, I, I think I would like, well, I have a thing with guilt or whatever. I would feel guilty for taking all the, uh, praise. Yeah. Credit. Praise from it. Right. And it just, it's, it doesn't feel right. And it, it isn't right. Cause they are doing a lot of the work. That's right? what I say all the time to people. When people thank me for stuff like it in yeah. coaching or in life or something, I always say, well, you did it. Yeah. Like, I think that's, that's what I think. And that's sort of connected with this, right? Cause the coach that's screaming, it's the complete opposite. It's putting the attention on themselves and it's about them versus it's all the players. That's another thing that great coaches will always say all the time. Well, it's not me. It's the players did it, you know? Yeah. Um, I can see that now. Yeah. And, and you hear high level coaches saying that all the time that I didn't do it. It was the players, you know, I just sort of pointed them in the right direction, pointed out things. And it's true because you know, this like, you can give, and I've felt, seen this in my life, like you can give people advice, but they have to execute. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it, yeah. it's execution is everything. Like who cares if you have, all right, here's the ingredients to a cake. And then, you know, but if someone messes it up and can't do it, then the cake's going to suck. So that's why it's, you're seeing that, that the, the, the player literally did it. Yeah. They, they, it's, it's taking the knowledge that you hard. give them. Yeah, you give them the advice and then they do it. That's the skill, right? Because we can all read the same book, you know, the life skills mm -hmm. book or something. But there's something about the people who take that book and exactly. actually do something with it versus people who just take the advice and do nothing with it. Um, Makes me wonder, like, teaching is, this must be a, um, I don't know, how do I describe it? Like a normal thing in, in, in the human species like it's it probably is a thing that generally like it, you know what i mean it's like a normal social behavior in a mm -hmm, way mm -hmm. how could it not be teaching yeah teaching yeah the it, passing down of of knowledge of wisdom of whatever yeah. of the art of like how to hunt yeah of totally this it's fascinating it, to me right i always used to think that like when i was a kid and I was there's watching, no way we could not develop further or yeah. become more civilized without it it's a weird stage of um they call it like you know in philosophy we like start uh, I learned about the stages of faith. And so like literally there's the knowledge, uh, learning, uh, all these different levels you go through. And the final one is universalizing. And it's where you take the wisdom that hmm. you've learned. And there's this weird thing, like you talk about Martin Luther King Jr., Jesus, all those, you know, the sort of idea of people who spread their message. And uh, right. it's fascinating because on one hand you could say it's like i remember watching like tony robbins commercial infomercials when i was a kid like that's how i first heard of him yeah and i was like so why are you why do you feel the need to tell everybody this is it, this is just a money-making thing right but there's also something else there that i learned as i got older too and as i got wiser where like you know when i started doing things in volleyball or business or life there's this weird instinct and it's not like to, it's not even to get um it's not even an ego boost like, you know what I mean? Like, I used to think it was like people getting an ego boost. No, there's something else. It's like this weird uh, desire, you like you, you said, right, pass you, on wisdom. Yeah. Uh, it, you know what it I is? You know what it is? It, and I, I think we've had stuff like this, you and me conversations where I'm talking about business and entrepreneurial stuff. Once you see something in the world that people aren't seeing, 
you want to tell everybody, hey, listen, there's a better way. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and it's not like you, I mean, I guess you might want to sell it in a book. And that can be used for wrong as well, right? Yeah. Hence nutrition. Yes. And whatever, yeah. and fitness. Like scams. Yeah. yeah. Like you're sensing people's unhappiness. Yeah. So you could make it clickbaity garbage where like, you know, like volleyballogy. <laughs> <laughs> catchy titles no just kidding, just kidding. no um but you could capitalize on it in a, in a really bad way but there's also something like even well i guess that's what we're doing here right like i saw something in club volleyball yeah, world right and it's not that i'm you know tr- trying to give myself an ego boost i'm just like <laughs> 59 episodes in yeah we're almost there at the boost <laughs> almost there no but it's just it's just a matter of like you want the you want to scream from the rooftops yeah. a little bit when you see something hugh mccutcheon's doing it and yes he's selling a book but that's not his driving factor yeah like you know what i mean it's funny how like when people, if their driving factor is capitalism or money, it doesn't generally work. It most successful ventures come from a place of truth and like authenticity, right? That's it's so funny because now everybody markets being authentic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you can't. That's like dichotomy and the contradiction. Yeah, but um, no, it's fine. You're <laughs> right. Like that's where the coaching. Like you hope that the coach ha- is in that realm of like. I know something, I've learned something, I'd like to pass it on to you. And even if they're not a volleyball person, you can teach them about life yeah. as a responsible adult. That's why I think like, it's funny because like, you know, the coach is like, one of my posts that I was sort of answering, I was like, the person who's screaming and out of control on the sideline doesn't know about success in sports or anything in life. Yeah. Because nobody's a success screaming well, their heads off. Like the Steve Jobs myth is not really true. Like Steve Jobs was hard on people and demanding but that's because he knew his stuff, mm-hmm. right? And he was also, he also died early because probably his blood pressure and all that stuff. But he also lamented and regretted that near the end of his life. Like people forget that part of the story that Steve Jobs in his 50s was like, no, no, that was stupid, young, dumb Steve Jobs. Really? That everybody tries to replicate and they're angry, screaming, intense. Hmm. Again, they're copying the outside surface. They didn't see the inner stuff behind that, right? So. Oh, and- dying young with dying cancer young, like how cancer. is that not a lesson? yeah stressful life i mean you don't want to we don't know if that's well we just the root yeah cause, yeah but, but but it is a symptom but, of a toxic exactly yeah, yeah. um or it Darren, what was i gonna say sorry i was talking about the you hope you the coach becomes like oh, a wisdom yeah i remember like uh like i a lot of me hopes that a lot of these coaches are are just on it's just a one little thing like they're just something could flip and they could go from that like the yelling coach to like all of a sudden you know what i mean like it's almost that little moment of enlightenment like because once you turn a rock over and there's like significant truth underneath it yeah you can't put it back right you know what i mean and you're changed forever it just obviously depending on how profound it is mm-hmm. unfortunately it usually comes from intense pain or kind of trauma and something and like right sick of you have to reach bottom yeah which sucks yeah. <laughs> and of course there are other ways i think well that, it's, it's not it's, the only you know, way it's funny that it sucks but it's like in some ways it doesn't suck like that's what we're learning even in our lives like you know sometimes you hit those i'm just imagining moments. like a blowout of like a coach like having like a meltdown and, uh, and then some but and there's right. an intervention right but yeah you're right it's or still, like a legal thing or something like you know yeah like you hit a player or something yeah like, well that that'll something. humble it's, someone like it, when they it, lose a parent or yeah you know yeah 
um yeah legal things whatever like that'll really gain it, there's a few things catalysts like perspective is the one mm-hmm. doing other hard things other successes uh the genuine bo- life trauma tragedy yeah. Yeah. flipping a belief over and actually thinking you are like a loving compassionate person and you have something to mm-hmm. give you know not just you're not just someone to tell people what to do right i guess there's different little things yeah. to kind of get to the same point here um yeah, I think like I like what you said there. Like maybe changing your shift, like shifting your mindset of a coach as a an enforcer to a teacher to someone who's caring, a caring adult yeah. who makes <clears throat> players feel, uh, you know, warmth and pleasure and love and like coming at like just shifting your mindset from like why does this relationship have to be abrasive? Why can't this be? a caring relationship where I'm like nurturing them, raising for, them. Yep. And right. And then for that to happen, their need would have to change. Right. Cause they're, they're just serving their own need by coaching yeah. with an authoritative way. Right. Cause the power trippy yeah. thing versus, but, but then how does it's the funny. need change? The need changes. It, well, it's funny cause you could actually, so like maybe coming at this from a selfish point of view. So like if you're a coach who wants to be admired and feel significant and be important, right. Which is what we're talking about. Mm. There is another path to feeling that way. And it is through the love of, of, and caring. Yeah. And that calming, like one thing I like, so just using my example as a business owner, like I could be a boss who's an ass to people. Right. And they'll hate me. Yeah. yeah. Well, they'll hate me. (laughs) Right. Or I can be someone who cares about people's lives, shows an interest um guides rather than yells and you know it doesn't Man, get angry with people i would so not sleep well or you wouldn't sleep well if you were the one who was like just an asshole maybe not maybe but but, swearing, but swearing, it's just but. It's, well, i'm just sort of saying like so let's suppose i'm someone who wants to be a revered boss so i could be the hard ass i could be but i'm i'll i might have fear of my employees but mm-hmm. i won't have their respect or love or you know they would if i got hit by a bus they'd be like yeah but if you want that respect and admiration, you can approach it from the caring, right, point of view. And it gets so much more out of the people. Yeah. And it gets my sense of like, yeah, or legacy, whatever. People like you more. I just don't. It's vinegar versus honey. You know, you've heard that before, you know, the yeah. honey, honey approach versus vinegar approach. And so many coaches, I think, walk into this thinking, I'm going to get respect through. Because even if you're a non-knowledgeable coach, People still might like you if you bring that mindset of like yeah. acceptance and like, For okay, sure. I, I, I don't sure. know. And you, maybe you might say, listen, guys, some of you might know more about volleyball than me, but I know more about life than you. Yeah. Right. That you can still teach athletes a lot just by your If you sheer... said that, they'd be like, mm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> what did you do between 2005, 2010? <laughs> hey guys, look, I've been coaching for 20 years <laughs> and I don't look up anything. Yeah. I don't watch anything. I don't know anything. <laughs> But it's funny. But isn't it funny though? Because the coaches that stick around coaching that long, I do marvel. Like the screaming coach, they Mm. often don't watch any. Remember, we've seen this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How do you not know where a player stands on servicey? How do you not know know after watching? How do you you not know after refing for years? Refing, yeah. How do you know that the libero, like Uh, the libero, stays in five now? I don't know. How do you not? Like that's what I. But you know what it is? It's because they're. They're not in the, like, they're not opening themselves up. They're starting with that know-it-all, 
versus the I know nothing right there, but they can't even see it. It's just, the I know nothing is a wonderful yeah. thing for everybody to say, right? Like even it will sort of we're we're sort of modeling that on the show. Like we we rethink our theories on mm-hmm. the air as we discuss things. I think that's what people like about it, is that we're talking, we rethink, we challenge what we said. Like off the start, you said otherwise that, we'd have nothing to say. Well, but it's also <laughs> showing a sign of like we're open to like at the beginning you started this episode by saying that high level coaches don't yell, and then later on we were like, oh, but then there are those mm. coaches that scream at the highest level NFL and, stuff. NFL and different sports, but yeah. And are they replicating something else? Is it for some other reason, the audience involved? So that, that's, that's a good thing to, to do. Whereas if we just came on with a fixed, you know, theory and it didn't evolve over the course of the discussion, then we wouldn't be modeling what we're talking about here with a coach. You know, but what is more perplexing <laughs> sounds like a, a dirty joke coming. <laughs> no, you just mentioned it. It's, uh, um, you know, we we know that uh, through fear and all that stuff is it just doesn't work. Uh, like, and then you can, yeah, you can rule through fear, be authoritative, blah blah blah. But so, like, every Hollywood movie made in the last thirty years uses this exact theme. So even if you're a coach who doesn't really watch volleyball. You've probably watched one of these movies and the theme was revealed to you. Right. And it still didn't click. Sorry, that's yeah. a bad, bad joke. I'm trying no, to it's not a joke. <laughs> no, it's not a joke. Because like, true. there's I more mean, places like. It's the same theme over and over. I is. mean, Isn't with variation, funny? but it's just like, oh, the the ruling tyrant like, oh, okay. And then their hero's going to overcome that. And then blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's Luke Skywalker versus yeah, uh, it's, Darth Vader. Yeah. It's everywhere. Harry Potter, Voldemort. It's literally everywhere. Zuby versus Eric. Mm. Mm. Is that dark versus light? No, golden. What? 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 Huh? Eric. I mean. I thought you said to me you are going to stop being a racist. <laughs> hey, are we going to get through an episode without mentioning Cam? Oh, crap. Oh, yeah. Darn. Um. Cam the man. Ooh. Cam, if you're listening, we want another comment. Mm-hmm. He's listening. What are we talking about? He's always listening. <laughs> He's like the Lord. Anyway. No personal information this time. No, no, no personal information. Yeah, there was too much last no, time. because his little neighborhood of... Mm-hmm. <laughs> and his address <laughs> at... Uh, no. Um, yeah, I think we're good. I think we're golden. I think that was another good episode. Ooh, you're golden. We're, oh, we smoked for an hour and 24 minutes. Whoa, that's way too long. Too long. We got to Tur- cut it back. Turn it off. Listen to it in segments. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, all right, folks. Like well, that's... The first half was like the podcast, and the second half was philosophy. It's always philosophy. Yeah, true. That's why it's called volleybosophy. Ah, yes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. We'll see you next time. And I think we'll be in the 60s next episode. Oh, I think so. Right? That'll be episode 60. No more 50s. 59 plus 1. 59. See you, everybody. Exabolism. Thanks, Abel. Extra. Extra. Exabolism. What's the big idea?